am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yes, so? Without any milk. Hello, Nailer fans, and welcome in to another exciting episode of The Toolbox. I'm your host, DJ Abacella, and here's what's coming at you on this week's program. The Nailers signed two more players to ECHL contracts earlier this week for the upcoming season. One of the players you know very well as he has spent the last three years here in the Ohio Valley. One of them will be new to Wheeling, but he did get some valuable experience with another ECHL club this past spring. A former Nailer was involved in a trade in the ECHL, and it's actually a player who will be going to a division rival. We'll have a look at the organization and the division to see where things are stacking up in terms of numbers with Pittsburgh and Wilkes-Barre Scranton and how many players could start to make their way into the Wheeling lineup and also where the Nailers stack up with their central division opponents. There were a couple of coaching changes in the ECHL. I'll tell you who is in a new place. Also, where are they now? features a former Thunderbird and former Nailer. He is one of the few players that got a chance to play under both team nicknames. And our player profile today, we check in with a player we told you signed an AHL contract with Wilkes-Barre Scranton a couple of weeks ago. It's Cam Brown. And Cam will also tell you about a story that he wrote earlier this summer, an initiative and a company that he and some friends are really proud of. As you know, there is no better way to start the toolbox than to tell you about our latest signings, and there were two of them once again this week, and we'll do them in the order in which they were announced. First off, the Nailers signed forward Alex Router. Alex got his first taste of the pros in the spring when he played in three regular season games and four playoff games with the Atlanta Gladiators. He had three points in the regular season games, including a goal in his pro debut against the Florida Everblades, and then two assists assists in the following game against the Orlando Solar Bears and then he had one goal in that four game playoff series between Atlanta and Florida. That's meaningful stuff right there. The fact that he was able to experience meaningful games and we talked about that earlier this summer with a couple of the signings that the Nailers have had obviously coming out of school with Dalton Carter playing two games down the stretch for Toledo. So you get those games in there that you get to experience something where it's not just the regular flow of the regular season where there's something on the line and then of course playing in the playoffs is just a completely new game all in itself and when I was talking with Alex earlier this week that's one of the things that he really pointed out was he could just see the work ethic that goes into in the playoffs the determination and just how it's a completely new level so really excited that he's able to get that experience this past season playing with the Gladiators now they were a very heavy underdog we obviously know Florida went to Game 7 of the Kelly Cup Final, an extremely good team, but obviously, like I said, great experience for Alex Router towards the end of the season. From a statistical perspective, as we look at what Alex did when he played at Cornell, which is where he went to school, he improved every year, which obviously is great to see. And Cornell is a real interesting college team. And I talked a lot about Cornell with a couple of our former players that went there, John McCarron and Christian Hilbert. Rick McCarron in particular and I had a great conversation about how Cornell has always been traditionally looked at as a very defensive team where offensive numbers are not going to be very big and yet they still are able to be competitive in college hockey year in and year out and you look at their numbers well heck they were top 10 in the country defensively for three of the last four years including number
number one last year, which tells me that Alex is going to have some good defensive responsibility in his game, maybe some special teams, some penalty killing, but always keeping defense at the forefront of his mind. But the offense for Cornell the last four years ranked 54th when Alex was a freshman, 49th when he was a sophomore, 33rd as a junior, and 15th as a senior. So the program started to grow offensively as he did in his college career as well, finishing up with 11 goals, 9 assists, and 20 points this past year as a senior. The two players I mentioned earlier, John McCarron and Christian Hilbrick, both out of Cornell, obviously two players who had fantastic success here with the Nailers. And I talked about it last week on the show, and we were talking about it in relation to Cedric Lacroix, who comes from the Nailers out of the University of Maine, and how there's such a big change when you go from the college game to the pro game, and there's such an opportunity to be able to grow, expand your game, especially when it comes to offense, and I don't think there's a more evident example than these two players in particular, where John McCarron, you look at it, his best college season, he had 24 points with Cornell. Well, guess what? In his pro career, he had 31 his first year at the Nailers, and then he had that playoff run which was out of this world you really saw him take his game to another level and then the two years that he's played with the Florida Everblades 60 and 63 points respectively then you look at Christian Hilbrick's best college season in which he had 14 points and I guarantee you when people first saw he had 14 points as his best college season and they saw him as a player on the wheeling roster there's not a chance in the world anybody would have predicted what he's done in his first two seasons as a pro which is outstanding his first First year with the Nailers, he had 45 points, and then this past year with Toledo, he had 46 points. So those are two really nice examples of players coming out of the college game and then really expanding their horizons, adding offense to their game as they turn pro. And like I said with Router, continue to improve each of his four years at Cornell, topping out in his best year as a senior, and then contributing right away with the Gladiators, three points in three games coming out of school. So really looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring to the the table with the Wheeling Nailers coming up this season. The returning player to the Nailers is going to be entering his fourth season in a Wheeling uniform, a steady guy back there on the blue line. It is defenseman Danny Fick, and he is the first returning player to sign an ECHL contract this season. There are some players in the organization under AHL contracts who have been here before. Cam Brown, who is our guest later on on the toolbox, also Troy Josephs and Kevin Spinozzi, who all played here in Wheeling last season. As I mentioned with Vic, extremely steady on the blue line. And look at this. He's played all but five games in the last two seasons. Last year really took off for him from a statistical standpoint, a career-high 23 points, and also a plus-13 rating on the blue line. And when you look at Fick, you're really expecting him to be more of your shutdown defenseman. So to have those offensive numbers, really great to see. But of course, you take pride in the defensive side of things, and I think that's where that plus-13 rating really sticks out in a positive way. So far in his career in the ECHL with the Wheeling Nailers, 10 goals, 36 assists, 46 points in 192 games. So he is only eight Wheeling games away from 200. And he also played in two AHL games with the San Antonio Rampage at the end of 16-17. So that puts him six games away from 200 
career as a pro. And for those of you stat geeks out there like me, that means that Fick will only need to play in 40 games coming up this season to set the all-time record for games played as a Wheeling Thunderbird or a Wheeling Nailer. The record stands at 231, which is shared by Steph Brunier and Cliff Loya. And then third place was Zach Torquato with 229. We mentioned earlier this summer, Cody Wido and Kevin Schulz both going to Europe and Derek Army retiring. So now you have Danny Fick and Jared Burton, the last two players left in the organization, Burton, AHL, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton contract, Fick here with the Nailers, the only two players left from that team that went to the 2016 Kelly Cup final. The Pittsburgh Penguins added three more players at the end of last week. Forwards Teddy Bluger and Thomas DePauli, defenseman Ethan Prow. Prow played one game here in Wheeling in 16-17 and three games with Wheeling this past season. And also forgot to mention late last week, Joseph Cramarosa also signing an AHL deal with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So you look at the big picture and between Pittsburgh and Wilkes-Barre Scranton, still four goaltenders under contract. So you still need one more in order for one to come down to the ECHL. And we still note that Tristan Jari is still... Still not signed to a contract as of yet. There are 18 defensemen under contract either at the NHL or the AHL level in the organization. So let's just say for the sake of it that they both keep eight. That would ultimately lead to two defensemen already coming down here to Wheeling. And then there's 31 forwards. Usually you're keeping 13, maybe 14 at the NHL level. Clarkie's usually in the 15-16 range. So you're already looking at one or two forwards from that as you start to dissect the numbers coming down to the Wheeling Nailers for the upcoming season. And you knew this was going to happen anyways because Pittsburgh plays such a big role in being able to help us shape our team here with the Nailers. And that will once again be the case as we go into our 21st season as the ECHL affiliate of the Penguins. Looking at some of the former Nailers who were involved in movement this week before we get to the outlook and the shape so far of the Central Division, there was a former Nailer that was traded to a Central Division team as Daniel Levins was traded from the Wichita Thunder to the Toledo Walleye. We saw Levins at the end of 16-17, very beginning of 17-18, before he was traded and bounced around a little bit in the Western Conference last season. Colin Jacobs goes the other way from Toledo to Wichita and that's the first flicker of movement that we've seen from the Toledo Walleye this summer. They did sign Charlie O'Connor to a contract later on in the week, which makes their first official signing of the 2018 summer. couple of other former Nailers, one of them going to Europe from this past year's team. That's Jaden Risling. Risling was first acquired in a trade with the Allen Americans after playing some time with the Cincinnati Cyclones in previous years, and then Wheeling proceeded to trade him to Indy. For whatever reason, Rizzling just couldn't seem to click offensively here the way that he did with other teams. And I don't know if necessarily he was more expected to play a physical role or what it was. But for whatever reason, I'm glad that he was able to have success down the stretch with Indy. Help get the fuel into their first ever playoff position. But now Janin will take his skills over to Europe for the upcoming season. The other former nailer on the move comes to us from the 2016 Kelly Cup Finals team. And that is defenseman James Malindi, who has been in the Anaheim Ducks 
Ducks organization with AHL San Diego and ECHL Utah for the last couple of years. He is going back to his home province as he becomes the second player signed to a contract by the expansion Newfoundland Growlers. And both of those players signed to Newfoundland are from that province. So they are going the hometown route to start to build their core for the Growlers. Again, two players signed to contracts by them. So what about our division? I told you that Toledo, they trade for Levens and they sign O'Connor. So right now, they have two players already in the fold for the upcoming season. Plus, Grand Rapids already signed goaltender Pat Nagel. So you figure he will likely be between the pipes again for the Walleye coming up this season. Coming off an absolutely sparkling year, especially when it comes to his win-loss record. Cal Kalamazoo has two players signed, including the return of Justin Taylor, which you can pretty much set your watch to it every year when that's going to happen. The Cincinnati Cyclones have signed two players, including a goaltender, which is interesting to note, especially with the Anthony Peters situation and Wilkes-Barre Scranton having him on AHL contract and Cincinnati still having his rights due to the qualifying offer. The Indy Fuel have seven players signed thus far, and right now the team with the most players signed out of the Central Division is Fort Wayne with nine but Indy and Wheeling right behind them with seven players each. Some coaching moves in the ECHL this week. Adirondack announced its new head coach, and that is going to be Alex Lowe. Lowe was previously the assistant coach under both Kale McLean and Brad Tapper, so good for him. He put his time in. He learned under two really good coaches who have both moved up to the American Hockey League, and now the Thunder feeling confident in Alex to be able to take over that head coaching role. Also, head coaching hiring for the Atlantic Gladiators as they bring in Jeff Pyle. Pyle was a coach for the Gladiators before when they were known as the Gwinnett Gladiators. Most recently in the ECHL, he was with the Evansville Icemen, and even most recently than that, the head coach of the SPHL's Evansville Thunderbolts. Two notable moves for assistant coaches in the ECHL. First one is in Reading, where Patrick Weller, a former assistant coach with the Cyclones and most recently assistant coach with the Royals, he has now made the jump up to the AHL and will become the assistant coach for the Hershey Bears. And then this one, I really enjoy seeing this one, first of all. The Kalamazoo Wings goaltender Joel Martin has retired at the age of 35, 35 years old, 15 years as a pro, nine of which were in Kalamazoo, and he is going to stay right there with the K-Wings and become their assistant coach. That is awesome. Love being able to see that in the ECHL where a player has such an impact on a team and a city and they draw him right in and he makes that natural progression from player to assistant coach. He'll be assistant coach under Nick Bootland, who played for the Kalamazoo Wings back in his playing days, and it all really comes together nicely, and I think that they will do a nice job there with the Wings. Obviously, we don't want them to do all that good because they are a divisional opponent for us coming up here in 1819. Before we bring in forward Cam Brown from last year's Naylor team and sign to an AHL contract for the upcoming season, it's time for Where Are They Now? And this week, it's going to be Eric Royal. Royal had the distinction of being both a Wheeling Thunderbird and a Wheeling Naylor as he played here during the 95, 96, and 96, 97 seasons. His second year was his best one as he compiled 92 points that season, but the former University of New Hampshire Wildcat has certainly put his degree to good use as he is a vice president of direct sales for a company called Formax in the greater Boston area and that is a position that he has held 
for 16 years. So way to go, Eric. We saw some great things out of you on the ice here in Wheeling, but we're glad to see that you are succeeding in the business world day in and day out. This week's guest on the Toolbox is a player who played for the Wheeling Nailers last season and just earned himself an American Hockey League contract for the upcoming season in the organization with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. It is forward Cam Brown. And Cam, what have you been up to this summer? Have you gone anywhere exciting, done anything fun? Well, Deej, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, pleasure to talk to you again. Um, and the summer's been good. Um, I've just been training and skating. Um, as far as anything interesting for me, um, I went to Cape Cod for for a couple days with um, with some family, and then um, I went out and saw some friends in um, Ottawa, Canada, um, from school that I got to uh, touch base with, which was pretty fun too. Other than that, not much. There you go. So you bounced around a little bit, and uh, obviously. Everybody knows a pro season's a little bit longer than a college season, but how long does it usually take you into the summer to get back into the flow of training, and do you have kind of a timeline of what your summer looks like from finishing one year to getting ready for the next one? Yeah, it's definitely, well, it's just, the pro season is definitely uh, a lot tougher on your body than uh, than college with all those games and playing so often. Um, but I took um, I took two weeks off didn't really do much just kind of hung out and then uh then kind of worked out on my own for a week and then after that I kind of got back into the gym um with my trainer and then uh kind of been on the ice a few times a week and kind of progressing that um as we go on the more I'll be on the ice you know one of the things I mm-hmm. saw, too, that you've been busy with to start the summer was you wrote an awesome story for the Contribune, which people can find online, and you're the co-founder of a company, Prove People Wrong. How did that all come together, and why is it so important to get that message out, especially in today's ultra-competitive society? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so Prove People Wrong was um, started with me and um, three of my hockey buddies, um, we started it um, when we were in high school, um, and it was just kind of the slogan, prove people wrong, PPW, just to, um, you know what I mean? We were trying to all go play college hockey, and um, you have doubts, and everyone has doubts in all facets of life, whether it's a job, whether it's your sport, or, or anything that you want to overcome, and um, we all wanted to play college hockey, and, you know, you hear too small, too slow, too this, too that, uh, that's kind of how it started, and we kind of just ran with it. That's awesome. How can people get involved, get information, get merchandise from Prove People Wrong? Yeah, the website is um, ProvePeopleWrong.com. Uh, there's an Instagram page. There's a there's a Twitter, um, a Facebook page, um, and we just kind of throw out some motivational pieces um, a couple times a week and stuff. You guys have a favorite story that has been a real inspiration or something that somebody's really overcome that's been really something to noteworthy? Um, just, uh, we got one message one time that uh, it kind of really struck us pretty strongly, but um, someone had reached out to us that they were trying to run a marathon, and uh, he, had a, he had a bet, just a small bet with his uh, coworkers. He said, you know, I'm going to run the uh, marathon, and they were like, dude, there's no way you're going to run a marathon with the shape you're in and this and that. And um, the guy worked his butt off and, and ran the marathon. So that was a really cool one to hear. And you kind of it kind of correlates pretty strongly that you are really uh, touching touching people's hearts and stuff and motivating them to, to go out and uh, do what people say they can't. 
I don't know if you proved anybody wrong necessarily, but switching over to the hockey side, I thought you had a fantastic rookie season here with the Nailers this past year. 53 points in 55 games. What did you take away from your first full year as a pro? Thanks. Um, you know, I think it's just one trying to be consistent, but uh, the simplest thing is uh, trying to be a good pro, trying to come to the rink every single day and approach it. I mean, obviously you love the game and everything, but try to approach it uh, in a strong and a work-like manner. Show up, um, you know what I mean? Take care of yourself and uh, work your butt off when you're on the ice and off the ice. What are some of the things you enjoyed most about this past season, whether it be something on the ice, teammates, or something around town? Um, I think the road trips were really special. Um, just kind of getting getting closer with the guys. I thought we had a really, really close team, and I think like going on the road and and playing playing on the road and on the bus. I think that's that's really special, and it's uh it's part of part of the the season that I already miss right now. You've been in a lot of different places in your career, and one of the things I notice about those places, they all kind of seem to be small markets, whether it's Orono, Maine, Wheeling, West Virginia, Glens Falls, New York. What is it about playing in cities where the hockey team is kind of the king of that city and they're small enough communities where you can really start to get to know everybody? Oh, man, well, it's really special because you can connect with the fans. And in Wheeling, we had very special fans that we could all connect with, and you got to know those people on a personal level. And I think when you get to know people on a personal level, that's what makes it really special. When you can look into the stands and kind of see, oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think that's, that's a huge thing. So I mentioned at the start of the interview, you signed an AHL deal with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, which is very nice. So you'll be able to go to training camp in the AHL with a contract in hand. Does that affect your approach at all? And how did it go as far as getting you signed to an AHL deal for this year? Um, I, don't, I don't think it really um, affects my approach. I think I'm, I'm just, first of all, I'm, I'm honored, I'm humbled, I'm absolutely thrilled about the contract, and I'm, I think, to be honest, it, it's going to make me work a little harder. Um, I want to go to camp and, and prove I can play um, at that level, and I think I can. So I'm just kind of getting ready for that and, uh, you know, trying to gear up for that. So it's coming up. Yeah, it is, definitely. And obviously here in Wheeling, there have been a lot of changes this summer. First and foremost, hiring of Mark Denny. He is head coach. You had a chance to play against Mark. He was at Merrimack. You were at UMaine. What are your impressions of him in the early going, and what do you remember when you were playing against his Merrimack teams when you were at Maine? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. I've had a few conversations with him. Um, he's an awesome coach. And as far as um, Merrimack goes, they were always, always a tough team to play against. Um, You'd go in, know it was going to be a battle, and I think uh, that's what he wants to translate to to Wheeling, a team that's really tough to play against, hard-nosed, and uh, works their butts off. I'm going to pick your brain on another one because your teammates, or you were teammates with one of the players that Wheeling signed earlier this summer for three years at UMaine, and that's Cedric Lacroix. We got Mark's scouting report from him, but what about you being a former teammate and how you think he'll translate into the pro game? Oh, Ceddy's going to translate great. He, um, sorry, yeah, Cedric, Ceddy for short. Um, Ceddy is going to translate great. He, uh, he works his butt off. He's going to be a great pro. Um, he already in, in college approached the, great, uh, the game like a pro. Um, he's hard-nosed and really, really tough to play against. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see, to see him in a wheeling jersey. 
He's going to be a rookie just like you were last season. There was a real nice crop of rookies last year. You, Riley Bourbonnet, Reed Gardner, Troy Josephs, and we already get a feel that this year is going to be a young group. Alex Router got introduced as a rookie earlier this week. Do you think there's a benefit to having a bunch of young hungry players, first-year pros who are just itching to get out there, prove themselves, and make an impact right away? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the huge thing is um, guys want to prove themselves. Um, that's the business of pro hockey, too. Um, so when you have a lot of hungry guys around each other, um, it makes makes guys even more hungry to, uh, to prove themselves and, and hopefully move up the ladder. We've got about two months left to go until training camps begin at the NHL, AHL levels, then wheeling in the first week of October. Cam, any more fun plans for the rest of the summer? Not much, actually. Just, uh, no, just not much. Just just training and skating and, and hanging out at home with the family. Very nice. I hope everything goes well for you. I hope you crush Wilkes-Barre Scranton training camp. If we get a chance to see you down here in Wheeling, obviously, this year, it'll be a pleasure, and I know you'll bring the best wherever you are on the ice this season. So I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me today, and go get them in the training camp. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. You're the best. Appreciate it. Our big thanks once again to Cam Brown, who is currently enjoying his summer up in Natick, Massachusetts. And as I mentioned during the interview, if you get a chance to check out his article on the Contribune, C-O-N-T-R-I-B-U-N-E, definitely want to give that a great read as Cam talks about his career, some of the hurdles that he's had to overcome along the way, and also check out his company, Prove People Wrong, and so valuable to have that type of stuff nowadays where everything is ultra competitive and there's so much talk, and a player like Cam, who like he mentioned, He's definitely not the tallest guy around, and sometimes you get looked at in the hockey world like, well, you know what, you can play the game, but if I have a guy who's 6'2 or 6'3 who can do what you do, certainly gives that larger player a leg up in the competition, and it's great to be able to see Cam have that success. Obviously, he was tremendous for Wheeling last season, almost a point-a-game guy, and to be able to earn that recognition with an AHL contract this year is something that we'd love to see. If we get a chance to see him in our lineup this coming season, Obviously, that's going to mean a lot of great things for us from an offensive standpoint here with the Nailers, but also it would be great for him to get a good chunk of games in the American Hockey League with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. We're looking forward on July 25th to being able to see all of our season ticket members and corporate partners at the annual signing day event. We have a special presentation, so you'll want to make sure that you are there ready to go when it starts at 6 o'clock. And in addition to Don Rigby and Mark Dennehy, who will be signing your contract with you, we will have another special guest as part of signing day coming up again. That is exclusive for season ticket members and corporate partners on Wednesday, July 25th, 6 to 8 at West Banco Arena. This has been another exciting edition of the Toolbox. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm DJ Abacella. Enjoy the warm weather out there and we'll talk to you next week.